talk about some superhero stuff because that's what this show's about, right? Oh, it, it is. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great, like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest super entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, Wonder Woman announces her second coming. Okay. Yep, yep, we're getting there again. We get our first look at Supreme Leader Snoke in the flesh. Oh, and it's weird. Spoilers, it's weird. It's very weird. <laughs> I'm Pickle Rick! <laughs> Are you, Chris? Are you? I, I might be in more. So. Yeah, so th- so this is the this is post Comic Con week. So usually this week is kind of a little lighter, you know. Basically, uh, to pardon my French here, all the studios kind of blow their loads last week, mm-hmm. <laughs> all their news loads, if you will. So we're just kind of like I feel like we're kind of like picking up scraps, like oh, what's been talked about since Comic Con? You know, is there anything that fell behind the dresser here that we can talk about? Yeah, so, pretty much. Like, are there any interviews they had at Comic Con that people forgot to put online that has something in them? You know, and and that's kind of how it felt like looking at a lot of this stuff. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that that was there, but you know, they didn't release it till Tuesday, so we'll go with it. Yeah, and then plus we're getting to that kind of area at the end of the summer where it's funny. Like when I was a kid. Like July and like the Fourth of July, this was always like the middle, the midst of summer. You know, I always remember like just hanging out outside, being like super like hot and humid, and I, you know, I was like in the summer. Uh, but like now, as an adult, I, I I measure my entire summer based on superhero movies, and basically we got kind of one left, which is Kingsman, which mm-hmm. is kind of coming at the tail end. But also we do have Defenders coming up, but you know that's technically kind of like a TV show a little bit streaming and you know as we all know all that happens indoors it's not like we're going outside for any of that well i I guess i forgot inhumans pops up actually before kingsman which it does it feels weird september is like that weird month like we're not quite i mean it's not august we are when people are listening this is a day away from august and then we have the first of september there is inhumans um and I, I, I've got some, I mean, it's not in our news things, but actually there's going to be more footage on the TV version of that later in September than actually in the theater that day. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. showing the IMAX stuff, so. Yeah, and it is kind of weird because September is kind of that month where kind of fall TV shows will start to kick in. So then, you know, some kids start going back to school. And even though we're adults now and outside of all that stuff, I still feel like a lot of my life revolves around that, especially since we're, we're so into uh so into television so yeah so the summer is actually kind of winding down unfortunately but i was just talking to my wife earlier we there's like so much stuff to look forward to towards the end of the year like i'm almost just kind of like oh like let's get like september october out of the way there's some cool stuff coming up (laughs) yeah right i mean it's there's a i guess this is the only lull in the year that we've noticed and um However, it's not even that lowly. Like mm-hmm. we've, we, I mean, I, on Suez, I was Atomic Blonde came out this weekend, which was a comic book movie. Uh, I've heard good things. I've not got to see it yet, and so I, I chose to watch Spider Man again last night. Oh, good. Um, I thought you, I thought you were gonna say the Emoji Movie, maybe. I, no, no. <laughs> if Sony's gonna get my money, it's through Spider Man, not the the Emoji Movie. So uh, <laughs> I mean, if I could describe, if I if, if I could describe what I've heard about the Emoji Movie in one emoji, would you guess what that is, Mike? Is it the Matt Emoji? It is the poop emoji because <laughs> apparently it's shit. So uh, I do actually know that Superfan Jim promised one of his daughters that they they would go see it uh, for for some reason. Uh, you know how you have to negotiate with terrorists and kids. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm gonna actually ask him how that was. So uh, but well. It's well, not been I, I, in the movie's favor, for what I've seen. I've heard it's 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 not the worst movie of the year. There's 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 way worse stuff out there that has been released that you can go see. But everyone's just saying it's just kind of like falling short. It just kind of seems kind of like a ripoff of you know Rick at Ralph, and and it is kind of funny. I believe T.J. Miller is kind of like the main character of the story, and he plays the 
the meh emoji or maybe his mm-hmm. parents are meh emojis. I don't really know. And everyone's just using that emoji to describe the movie. They're just like, it's just so underwhelming. You know, there's nothing good there. I'm kind of waiting to see the box office return. Apparently, it's got a $50 million budget. You know, double that or maybe a little bit more for the advertising budget. You know, I'm still waiting to see how it's going to shake out financially uh, because the, there's a lot riding on Sony Pictures Animation, which means that Spider-Man anim- animated movie. So... If this emoji movie doesn't do well, maybe that Spider-Man animated movie might not come out of that studio, you know? Yeah, I mean, just just looking at the weekend box office numbers here, from it's not, I mean, Sunday's not over. They've got a little bit more time, but guess uh, just just out of the top five, uh, it is not number one. Uh, it is beat by a movie that's been out for a week already, uh, <laughs> Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. So that, then the emoji movie at $25 million, Girls Trip, Atomic Blonde, and then Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm kind of curious how the Emoji movie will do overseas. You know, technically, since I think the Emoji was like a foreign icon keyboard to begin with, I think it came out of Japan or maybe like South Korea or something like that. I'm not 100% sure. So I don't know. Maybe the Asian markets will just really pump that movie up. But we'll just have to wait and Hmm. find out. It doesn't have a foreign, like any numbers on the foreign. So maybe it's not out there for a while. So Ooh, that's not going to be good for them. It's the poop (laughs) emoji. I mean, you, you ruin them. They shot themselves in the foot with it by over-promoting <laughs> it. But that's okay. We got Patrick Stewart voicing another character later in the show. So we'll, we'll bring that up later, actually. Oh, cool. Um, awesome. But, Mike, I mean, we've not talked uh, in a couple days here. Uh, you've been busy. You've been out doing stuff. What, what you been up to? Like, I yeah, want people so, to know. So this this nerd, this uh, inside cat, went outside uh, yesterday at a, at a busy day. <laughs> they do two very interesting things. So out here in Southern California, just south of Los Angeles, there's a, the town of Anaheim or city of Anaheim, I guess, uh, that kind of has a lot of different uh, theme parks. It's a big big tourist area because obviously you have Disneyland down there. Uh, You have like Medieval Times. You have like another similar restaurant show with pirates. And there's also this place called Knott's Berry Farms, which I guess way back in the day used to be a berry farm. And then they slowly started adding like attractions, like Ferris wheels and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, just uh, over the decades, it turned into a theme park. And then I believe once the original family died, the kids sold it to uh, the same company that owns like Cedar Point and Kings Island, like out in the Midwest. So it's like a legit theme park. It's got like some of the Charles Schultz Peanuts characters there and everything. So we went there for a friend's birthday. And it's interesting going to theme parks and comparing them to Disneyland because as Chris, as you know, since you went to Disney World, once you go to a Disney park, everything else just doesn't come (laughs) close when it comes to the level of detail and just the, the effort and the engineering that goes into every like little corner and crevices of the park. So... Uh, so Knott's Berry Farm was was cool because it, at least uh, on the plus side they have like thrill rides they have like legit roller coasters that you can call roller coasters whereas kind of like Disneyland parks you kind of get maybe you do get some thrill rides but usually they're masked and like robots and inside and lighting tricks and props and stuff which is you know fun on its own in a different way so um, so it was interesting going to Knott's Berry Farm uh it, it it does seem a little lower standard, but uh, it was it was an interesting it was an interesting day there for sure. Okay. And right after then uh, right afterwards, uh, my wife uh, finally got to see Garth Brooks in concert. She was uh, looking forward to this concert for ages, so I went along with her. Um, and it was it was a it was a strange experience because I, I don't really have anything against Garth Brooks, but I've never listened to really any of his music. So I felt like I was at some sort of uh, alien like concert where all the aliens were really into something that I just had no idea what it was. And I was just surrounded by very enthusiastic people. Uh, Garth Brooks is a showman for sure. I mean, if you, if you had any, any ounce of, um, uh, love for Garth Brooks, I'm sure you would uh, thoroughly enjoy his concerts because he was running all over the stage. He was lighting, lighting everybody up. He was doing all the crowd tricks, getting everyone excited. He was playing like the old stuff. He kept saying he was playing the old stuff. So I guess, you know, when you go to a concert from an artist that's been around for a long time, you usually you just kind of want to hear the old stuff. Everyone was singing along. My wife lost her voice. She's all hoarse because she was singing the whole night. So it's, I, ironically, it, she's a little <laughs> hoarse after a country music concert. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Garth Brooks made a point to tell the whole, the whole concert, the the whole venue that like, uh, if you're not familiar with my music, we're gonna be singing a lot about cowboys tonight. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it was a really weird experience. If you ever get a chance to go go to an artist that's that big and have never heard any of their songs before, it's it, it's unique. So um, even though I've never heard anything, uh, I, I still well, uh, it was still enjoyable. So you you've probably heard of one song though. Where in his set list did he play? Friends in Low Places, Mike. That is my question. So so that kind of came, I want to say, maybe about three quarters through the concert. So I guess he, he kind of does this thing at his shows where he'll kind of do like one like big song at kind of towards the end, which was that song, Friends in Low Places. You know, there was all these confetti cannons and streamer cannons going off. The lights were just going crazy. Like if you were epileptic, you'd be on the floor shaking because everything was just going nuts. Then the crowd like erupts into like this fever. uh, And then like uh, he kind of like walks off the stage and everything. And then if you've ever been to a concert before, you know it's not over. So he comes back out just with his like acoustic guitar and then like he's like oh if you've ever been to a garth brooks concert before uh this is the part of the show where you hold your signs up um and uh request songs so i guess a lot of people will bring bring little big signs with song requests and then he'll kind of look out into the sea of people and pick those songs and he'll just start playing them and then that kind of winds back up into some full-fledged songs of the rest of the band and then the show's over so you're right to say friends in low places was pretty much his like that was kind of like the big climax gotcha okay because i mean i grew up in southern indiana where mm-hmm. country music reigns strong <laughs> and, and i i do know 90s garth brooks um before he like changed his name to like his real name was chris Gaines, and then back to garth <laughs> brooks so uh-huh. i mean that, that's cool to know that you guys got to go do that and you know experience a, a concert again for you never never hearing many of his songs probably or at least not knowing and and uh, getting to do that, so that's that's cool. You had a good time with it, even if it's you know uh, country music, who a lot of people you know look down <laughs> on. So yeah, I'll, I'll leave I'll leave you with this: if you're leaving a music venue and you're trying to catch an Uber on the way home, look out for those surge pricings because uh-huh. our our trip there was eight dollars, our trip back was thirty three dollars, the exact wow. same distance. So that's what happens when you have one giant venue all requesting Ubers at the exact same time. So, now, uh, do, taxi, <laughs> do taxis do surge pricing in LA? Uh, I have no idea. Okay, uh, that, we, I mean, we, that's we, like, <laughs> I, I experienced this in Chicago at Comic-Cons, you know, uh, when you leave a Comic-Con, surge pricing. Or, mm. you know, do you grab a taxi? Because, I mean, taxi was ended up being cheaper a couple times. So, um, and they well, were right if, there. So I, I don't know. Well, if all of those millennial think pieces out there on the internet are to say anything, it's that I'm afraid of taxis and I don't know how to use them. So uh-huh. I know how to open up an app, Chris. <laughs> I yeah, know how to do that. We don't want to talk to the person. We just want to no. ride in their car. Yes, so. I want to ride in their car and I want to rate them when I'm done on a star meter. Yeah, that's true. Well, all right. Well, it sounds like you had a good time. You had a good weekend. I, I can't say, I mean, I, I took my mom out for her birthday coming up this uh-huh. week. So we went out to eat. Uh, and and had some fun there. So I, if she's listening, which I, I, I assume my mom's listening to the show because apparently she listens. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, mom! I uh, hope you had yeah. a good time. Happy birthday, Chris's mother. And um, yeah, just kind of you know chill. I had a lot of video game time in this weekend, so that was that's rare. That's rare. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Anyways, we got some news here. We're not here to talk about country music. We're here to talk. <laughs> surprisingly about, yeah, so, superhero yeah. <laughs> movies and news <laughs> and all sorts of stuff and first thing we're going to drop off uh first uh movie we're going to talk about post comic-con is ant-man and the wasp which uh was some surprising news but i mean it's we, we got a mixed bag here uh the actress judy greer uh who mm-hmm. you may know from arrested development and the voice of uh carol cheryl and archer um <laughs> will be returning as ex-wife maggie in the upcoming ant-man movie so um I, I kind of assumed a lot of these characters would return. It's, yeah. it's about Scott Lang's family, and like since he's separated from his wife, they have a daughter together, it'd probably be in there. Yeah, and I would say probably, you know, if you had to go back and like dissect uh, the Ant-Man movie, probably one of the weaker points probably was the family angle. Like, he was being motivated by trying to be a good dad, but he never really seemed like... He was kind of like a like a, a jerk, you know. It seemed like he was trying to be there, but not really. He was just kind of busy with other things, like just trying to get a job and keep his ice cream job. So maybe they'll make that a little bit more uh, front and center. Was it so. was it Baskin Robbins that he was trying to work for? And <laughs> yeah, like, Baskin I, I Robbins so. always finds out. <laughs> yeah. So so that's going on. Uh, I mean, so that's fine with me. Ant Man and the Wasp is shaping up. They got Michelle Pfeiffer. They've got um, Lawrence Fishburne. I. I think, you know, the first one was a safe entry into the, the franchise and character, and after his success again in Civil War, 
I think we're going to see a lot out of Ant-Man. I think it's going to be good stuff. Little, mm-hmm. g- g- let him go a little weird with it. Yeah, I just so, want I want me some Giant Man. That's what I'm looking forward to. Some giant, some more Giant Man, and we might get some Giant Man in uh, the upcoming Avengers movie. So we're going to talk not about Avengers three, but Avengers four, Ooh. the untitled Avengers movie. Avengers four, Chris. I don't even know when that comes out. I'm going to have to scroll through our upcoming releases here. And what is that? 2019. Yes, 2019. I believe it's May third, May fourth, 2019. Y- maybe May fifth. You are right. Untitled Avengers, May third. There we go. Because I know it's it, they're one year apart between Avengers three and four. So first off, there's some they're, they're starting filming on this movie right away. They're filming them back, kind of back to back, but not at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they're starting with uh, just some Japan casting call for these tall, slender people in suits, but they're going to have prosthetics on their faces oh, all so right. <laughs> uh, what this that may not mean anything but if aliens are coming to earth in in the shape of thanos and his order um i'm thinking these are actually going to be scrolls maybe um Ooh. since we will have captain marvel first this one they could you know lead in the, hey there are some scrolls on earth we may need their help actually to defeat thanos here yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens post Avengers 4. Obviously, there's so many reasons why, because it's going to shape the whole way we go forward, because, correct me if I'm wrong, the next movie after Avengers 4 is Homecoming 2, right? As far as we know, yes. I believe, yeah. I don't know if there's much of a, there might be a release date on it, but it's pretty much confirmed that's that's going to be the next one. Yeah, so it's like, you know, what's going to be the big bad coming up in the future? You know, they've been leaning really heavily on the cinematic stuff, so is it just like they're going to keep sending baddies from space to hit Earth, or maybe are they going to maybe tap into another dimension? Like, where does the next big bad guy come from? Does he start from Earth and build his way up to be some sort of big presence? It's just like once you've expanded this universe so big, you start kind of start wondering, like you've mentioned before in previous episodes, are is one of those infinite Infinity Gem is going to turn back the clock and kind of reset everything back to normal. I mean, that is kind of hard to believe, you know, with all of the work and the groundwork they've put into this series. But, I mean, happens in comic books all the freaking time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not too much of a stretch to, you know, imagine on the big screen. I mean, if you really want to play in the comic book movie realm, you've got to reset all that stuff at some point, right? Exactly. And, and my biggest concern with Avengers 4 was after Comic-Con through that hella surprise on a set, there will be scrolls in Captain Marvel, and mm-hmm. it will focus on the Kree scroll. I thought, hopefully, I mean, a lot of people were saying Avengers 4 might be the secret invasion story. I'm like, whoa, hold up, that's way too soon. So that kind of coincides with our next, you know, big news here. That This is hot off the press. By that press, I mean Instagram. Uh, <laughs> Josh Brolin is going to return as Thanos in uh, Avengers 4. Well, to, to be honest, I never really thought differently. I know Marvel tried to kind of make that 180, and they said, oh, oh, hey, wait a minute. It's not Avengers Part 1 and Part 2 anymore. They're two totally separate movies. Don't think of them as two movies anymore. They're going to be their own unique thing. But I, my mind never really turned off the Part 1 and 2. You mm-hmm. know, if they, were, if they were willing to officially say Part 1 and 2 at any point in time, you know, it really makes me think that those stories are going to be connected. Uh, so I never, I never thought for a second that Thanos was going to be defeated in the next Avengers movie. Yeah, exactly, and I didn't either. But it's been one week of Comic Con, like huge Comic Con news. So mm-hmm. I think that was like running through people's mind the past just week. Like it's not like a big long thing. So mm-hmm. um, it, Josh Brolin kind of, you know, definitely bringing that back and, and you know bringing us back and like, yeah, I'll be back as Thanos. Great, that's cool. My hope is post, you know, after. Avengers 4, it is the secret, like, the next big Avengers movie is Secret Invasion. Like, I think, you know, that's a, a very slow build-up they could build up to, and I think it would be great, because no one expected it. We, I expected Secret Wars, um, mm-hmm. but that might be even farther down the road. But you know what? Um, that's fine, because Marvel Marvel has some good leads in there. But uh, that brings us to our next bit of news, is that Marvel's senior vice president, Marvel Studios senior vice president, Jeremy Latcham, is leaving for 20th Century Fox. Oh, that's good news. I think that's good news. That's good news. He's not actually going over there to handle comic book properties. Oh, uh, he's okay. he's creating <laughs> his own studio there and like working on original projects. Oh, uh, all right. He's been. I think he. You know, he's worked his way up through Marvel with Kevin Feige all the way up to now, and you know, kind of working in tandem. That's great. I mean, if if you keep the original people there too long, you're gonna get stale. You're gonna get stagnant. You're gonna get movies that repeat themselves and and don't really improve. Yeah, and also I would imagine this uh, Jeremy, uh, what did you say, La- Latcham? Latcham? 
yeah, Latcham. Yeah. Uh, I think he's probably just getting his uh, his due. You know, he seems like he's probably put in a lot of work working on properties that have made a lot of money. But like now, he's probably has this dream where he's like, "Hey, I'm in Hollywood. I want to make original stuff." So uh, Fox could use that. So that could mm-hmm. be cool. Yeah, exactly. And you know, uh, a lot of places could probably blow this up and be like, "Oh, he's leaving for Fox. Fox is going to do." Fan-. No, he's 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 obviously he's doing his own like work, his own projects. So, like you said, he he's deserved it. He he worked it up there. So let him go and get some new new people into the Marvel Studios and 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 see what we get out of that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but he's obviously had his fingerprint on a lot of movies and probably has his finger on a lot of movies going forward that are already in production. So. Um, that, that's cool. I'll take it. Yeah. Whatever. It I'll, I'll, st- I'll start speculating when Kevin Feige finds a different job somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and we're going to switch gears and talk a little bit of DC news here. Um, kind of caught me off guard. Uh, Wonder Woman, apparently Warner Brothers is planning a big grassroots Oscar campaign to get Wonder Woman <laughs> Oscar nominated. Um, All right. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, they got a little taste of it with Suicide Squad for best costume. But they're they're pushing for best director and best picture. Um, All right, and all right. Let's let's just settle down, Warner Brothers. Yes. Yeah. So one 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 decent movie does not mean you are Oscar worthy. Like yeah. And this this has nothing to do with uh, Patty Jenkins or the Wonder Woman film in general. I I think we've both said this on the show several times that we never expect these movies that we love. We love so much. We talk about them every single week on the podcast. We've never have any delusions that any of them are going to show up as like best picture or best director anytime soon because that's not necessarily what I need from these movies or what I want from these movies. Now, if they want to maybe go for like the special effects or the makeup or the costume kind of what Suicide Squad did, I could I could see that, but I don't know, mate. Like I, I, I just don't think it has any chance of winning. Now, if they kind of want to use this as maybe a bit of like a marketing gimmick to kind of just get it out there and keep it in the conversation longer, you know, because maybe that's what Warner Brothers wants, you know, that's great. But I don't think this is going to be possible. You know, I don't remember if I said this during the Wonder Woman spoiler cast or not, but I, I didn't get to see that movie until Saturday, so I had like two kind of full days of just media blitz hitting me, basically saying that this movie was just amazing, but I definitely think it was overhyped for sure. Uh, it was a great movie. I loved Wonder Woman. It had really awesome parts to it, but I don't think it's the best superhero movie ever made. It, it's really, it's really good. Like that, I don't want to take anything away from it, but I, it's very overhyped, and this does not help the hype. <laughs> yeah, o- Oscar worthy is not. I mean, if you compare, it, if you put all four DC movies together in in a room, yes, it's Oscar worthy. Um, <laughs> but when you compare it to all the whole of films and people out there making movies. This mm-hmm. one's not going to change the landscape of anything. This is a blockbuster. This is to to pad pockets and and make money, not to be artistic and you know you know push the boundaries of film. So yeah, and I, I mean, it did a lot of great things for Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot for being the first female-led superhero movie. Just like really knocking the box office. The they first, the be- first good one. She was not the first one. I, oh, I'm not going to yeah. give her that. So, but first female director to kind of tackle one of these big. Uh, uh, no, box office no, superhero movies. The Punisher Warzone was done by uh, I think Alexi Alexander. So, uh, okay, well, I, like, okay. If you so, want, if you want to, if you want to stay accurate, okay. I do. I, well, <laughs> I, I think I think it's, it's it's appropriate to say they are not the first female director, and this is not the first female superhero. Despite people saying that, no, the only one in recent hit, memory. Yeah, the first ones to hit it big. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that's all great, but yeah, this isn't going to happen. Uh, don't don't be don't kid yourselves over there, people. Yeah, just, just work on your next one and make it Oscar worthy. So so yeah. go from there. I, uh, I would have had the same opinion if they said Civil War was pushing for an Oscar campaign. You know, it has nothing to do with uh, the content. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, know? no, definitely. Superhero superhero movies are are made to break records and make money, and and that that's what they're doing right now. So mm-hmm. uh, I think keep them at that and and leave them out of the the Oscar fuzz. Yeah, maybe one day. Maybe I think one it'll day. Be a while. But you know, we can always look forward to Wonder Woman two maybe doing this. And Wonder Woman two now has a release date of December thirteenth, twenty nineteen. Ooh, we're gonna have a little nice little holiday movie in our hands. Yeah, uh, it looks like uh, DC uh, is is taking a lot of these winter things uh, seriously, mm-hmm. and um, you know, mixing up their their release dates. Wonder Woman two was not on their release date schedule when they first announced it. So it will be taking place um, after possibly a November 1st DC movie and then right before uh, a February 14th untitled DC movie. But this will still be before we even get Cyborg and Green Lantern. Like, yeah, they're, well, they're really working on that. 
Yeah, and I think this is a, a good idea to start claiming uh, December again since, you know, Star Wars will officially be out of the way um, come the holiday season. You know, we have the next Star Wars movie coming up in December, and then they're moving back to summer box office, you know, to really just, like, rake in the cash before they close out this new trilogy. Uh, so it makes sense that Warner Brothers is going to start laying claim to December. You know, they don't have to worry about that juggernaut. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, I think Aqua, Aquaman's a December release as well. So, um, you know, they're, they're just going to they're gonna push it. And that's fine. I mean, as long as they have time to make it and make it right, I'm I'm okay with that. So, mm-hmm. so we'll give them that, that Wonder Woman 2, December 13th, 2019. Put it on your calendars. Uh, as for female-led superhero movies, uh, some weird news on Gotham City Sirens. Mm-hmm. Um, rumors are David Ayer is out, but now he's tweeting these cryptic images suggesting he's not. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's Izzy, Willy, Wony. I don't think they, they didn't announce that at Comic-Con. They had nothing on it at Comic-Con. I think that's where this whole thing, he's not in the movie anymore. The movie's not working out came uh-huh. from. So they didn't even announce that in like their upcoming release dates at Comic-Con. Yeah. I feel like if, um, if superhero movies were kind of traded on the stock market and you owned a bunch of stock of a uh, DC right now, you're just kind of waiting to just like, uh, do we buy or sell it? Do we buy it or do we sell it? I mean, Wonder Woman went really well, but then Justice League's coming out. Like, Justice League could be big or it could be really bad. So I feel like you just have all these people kind of holding on to these like Warner Brothers banknotes and they're just like, oh, what do we do with them? Uh, I don't know. And then like David Ayer is over there just like, uh, I don't know what to do either. Maybe I will make the Suicide Squad movie. Uh, maybe I won't. So... Uh, I, I hope it turns out well. I, I like the idea. You know, it sounds cool, but uh, it's hard to say if David Arrow was the, the really big issue in that last Suicide Squad movie or if it was the studio or maybe a little bit of both. Uh, we'll find out, I guess. Yeah, there's, there's definitely no clue and no release date. I don't even think it's on our release date calendar even. So uh, I think it's on tentative. Uh, but um, uh, the thing is... Um, the, another rumor that came out of this is Ayer and Snyder are to take a backseat on the DC expanded universe following their latest films um oh. snyder obviously has backed out because of personal reasons and that, that's that's understandable we respect that decision um but uh ayer i mean suicide squad did win an oscar like we talked about for, for costume <laughs> and makeup and it has made it did make more money i think than batman v superman overall uh, so it's a little surprising but maybe he's just not easy to work with uh and and you know if, if someone's not easy to work with they're not playing ball especially with DC, you know, getting a home run with with Wonder Woman, they might be well, looking to get some new people in there. Yeah, well, just like you said earlier, where we like the idea of kind of Marvel getting some new people over there at the studio, I think uh, Warner Brothers really needs that. I think David Goyer should move on to different projects Ayer. and st- uh, no Goyer, the writer. Oh, oh the writer. Goyer. Oh, okay. Give yeah, me David's think, and, and <laughs> yours over there. Yeah, I think he needs to move on and start doing different things. Maybe write some original movies. Uh, maybe back away from these comic book movies because uh, it's uh, getting a little rough for you out there. You don't have Nolan propping you up, propping your writing up anymore. So uh, I wouldn't mind Warner Brothers getting a bit of a refresh. And I feel like we've hammered this point home a little bit uh, too much. But like we <laughs> said, like we still haven't seen that full-fledged Warner Brothers movie from that from that that executive refresh like a year ago because Wonder Woman was already in development that when that was happening uh, basically Justice League could technically be under that envelope but it's still the exact same team that made Batman Superman except for um, uh, Joss Whedon kind of coming in and kind of stitching it together at the last second so I, it's not going to be really until Aquaman, I think, until we really see kind of what these new seats of power do for the movies. So, I got these. I got these banknotes, Chris. I don't know what to do with them yet. <laughs> right, hold, hold. We got a weird. You got a year and a half to wait until Aquaman. Yeah, got it. That I think that's what they say with investments. You know, you got you got to be patient. Yeah, it's it's uh, stock markets aren't a, aren't a short game. It's a long game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, I mean, um, Justice League is going to be a weird thing because they did kind of have new direction but then everything flipped on them uh-huh. with, with Whedon and so I don't yeah I think you're right it won't be a good indicator of that new uh, regime there so uh-huh. um, but you know what well we can wait all we got is time and more superhero movies to watch <laughs> we are not running short on movies we're not running even less short on TV shows mm-hmm. so so we got that going for us another movie uh, some people might be concerned about is the upcoming Han Solo movie Ooh yes, this um, one has uh, that has some stuff floating around it for sure. So we got some. I think these are three good things to go here. Um, All right. So in in Louisville, where I I, I, I work and and live, there's a Comic Con going on this weekend called Fandom Fest. 
Cool. Band event? No, it's been a shit show. No. Um, they, okay. <laughs> they, were at the, they were at the state convention center. The state convention said, "Well, we actually don't have a contract with you." So they this, these people have been lying about this convention for all year. Oh, Weird Al was like the biggest name they draw. He backed out. All the oh, voice no. actors of um, Beauty and the Beast backed out because of this. they moved it to an abandoned Macy's. Oh no! Convention. Yeah. It's, oh no! The Chris, fire marshal. They didn't clear it with the fire marshal, so it's been a huge uh, shit show. Oh man! Last year, um, Stan Lee was at it. Like that's how big it was. Like they uh-huh. within a year they went really downhill. But um, uh, actor David Wilding was supposed to be there this weekend. Uh, uh-huh. David Wilding played the Vader in Rogue One, um, mm-hmm. but he's reportedly on set filming a Star Wars movie. And the only movie I can think Star Wars is filming right now is definitely Rogue One. Uh-huh. So, uh, Are, not Rogue mean, uh, One. I'm Han sorry, Solo. Han Solo. Yeah. He's in Rogue One. So, I don't think he's in the, an old, a new Star Wars movie because there's no Darth Vader. But um, I think I think they might have him filming in Star Wars a little bit. Um, now, do I want Darth Vader in in my my Han Solo movie? <laughs> I'm on the fence. But you know, I did enjoy the best part of Rogue One to me is this ending scene there when he cuts through all those rebels. Yeah, so how how is Rogue One holding up to you, Chris? I've been actually wanting to uh, ask you this for a while because I'm assuming you've seen it since the, nope. it came out in theaters, right? Nope. <laughs> oh well, I think that, I think that goes to tell what so, I was about to ask. Then I I didn't buy the movie. Uh, it's uh-huh. the first Star Wars movie I didn't buy. Um, actually, I own all the main films. Uh, to me, I think Rogue One is is over. To me, Rogue One is overhyped compared to what people. Say yes, it's it's a good it's a good movie, but I just I just don't care for it. Like, I mean, yeah, I think I think that's a good way to put it. Like the hype kind of uh, drains from it pretty quickly. You know, it, you leave the theater super stoked because, like you said, that Darth Vader ending was amazing, and then how it kind of uh, dovetails into A New Hope. The the nostalgia is running high. You just mm-hmm. saw Vader in a way you've never seen him before. Then when you once you leave the theater and you start kind of thinking about the story and like the overall themes of Rogue One, you're just kind of like, huh. All right, yeah, I guess, you know, that was technically a Star Wars story, but I guess it would be kind of an interesting notion if the Star Wars story movies had one kind of uh, common denominator, and that was Darth Vader popping up every once in a while wrecking shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he's taking place in a a world where Darth Vader is, you know, a number one next to the Emperor, but a lot of people probably forgotten the Emperor, you know, is, is a Sith, so, or don't know, really. So mm-hmm. the presence of Darth Vader actually maybe escalates it a little bit, but since we know he makes it to the next four movies, we, is it <laughs> is it really adding any peril to the character? You know, um, and that's why prequels bother me because I'm like we we know kind of how this is going to turn out. Like, he, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he's not going to die here, um, but I mean, I guess it's fine with me. I mean, you know, sparing use Darth Vader sparingly, but if you're going to use him, at least make him menacing like he used to be. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I can go either way. I, I just don't. I don't care for Rogue One. But I do like if I if I think about Rogue One, what I remember the most is that scene with, with <laughs> Vader. So yeah, you know, just be careful not to choke on your aspirations over there. Oh God! <laughs> all right, all right. Um, uh, uh, director Ron Howard also shared um, a, a message from the set this week saying um, he was happy after I think thirty years to film uh, his friend Warwick Davis again be, direct him. So oh, that's Warwick, cool. Warwick Davis, they made a movie, I believe it was called Willow, in the late 80s. And Warwick Davis has been two Star Wars movies, the prequels, and then he was the original Wicket in Empire or Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I like uh, Warwick Davis. He has kind of this very, really short-lived uh, show, I guess pun intended, called... Uh, I think it might. It, I think it might even just be called The Short Life or something, Life's Short, The maybe. Little People Big Movie? Uh, I don't know what it is. It's it's like a short. It's a short running TV show uh, made from Ricky Gervais because you know he's friends with Ricky Gervais, and it's it's all about him being like a Hollywood agent, and he's kind of like writing off his uh, his fandom when he was in Willow back in the day, and he's always trying to get people to remember him. So um, if you ever if you can track down that show, it's pretty funny. It's probably streaming somewhere. But uh, Warwick Davis, he's he's a fun guy to watch. Okay. He's got a good sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I've seen him um, has been you know entertaining. Uh, and what other stuff? But I mean, that's that's cool that he's back there. I mean, I'm I'm sure he won't be an Ewok, he won't be reprising his role, his little known role from the originals. So, um, yeah, that's that's cool. He's in there. And lastly, the composer John Powell has been confirmed to be the composer. He's worked on such movies as How to Train Your Dragon and the Bourne trilogies, I believe. That's cool. Uh, so I mean, um, I I like How to Train Your Dragon. I know a lot of people like that movie. So. Um, I think I think that's you, a good thing. You know, it's a light news week when we put the composer news into our show notes. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I'm like I, I couldn't I couldn't pick a song like the only song I know from the Bourne movies is that Moby song, um, <laughs> and, and and that's really about it. So um, yeah, whatever. I, I, do, I do have to say I, I am slightly worried more than usual about the Han Solo movie just because I, I've seen a lot of uh, people online with uh, you know movie review channels or like Star Wars channels on YouTube. They're kind of like starting to pitch ideas of what they think is going to be in the Han Solo movie. Or like, oh, if a money-grubbing executive was making the Han Solo movie, what they would put in there. And everyone's like pitching these ideas that are probably unfortunately going to happen. Like, oh, well, the movie's got to end with uh, him winning the Millennium Falcon in a poker game. And basically they're saying everything you ever learned about Han Solo is all going to be crammed into one movie. They're probably going to show you how he got the vest his vest they're going to show you how he got his blaster they're you know they're going to show you everything that happened in like like two hours so i hope that doesn't happen it sounds like this movie has a chance of maybe not being subtle (laughs) yeah i I don't know i mean hopefully they're aware of that and like you like we don't want to do what essentially the end of revenge of the sith did where you have to cram the next you know 30 years where all these characters are in 30 years in the last 10 minutes of Uh this movie uh, hopefully they've learned a little bit about that. They're, they seem to be smarter than the average bear. But um, yeah, I'm curious what the over under is for the Kessel Run in this movie. I feel like it's just well less than gotta, twelve parsecs. It's, it's gotta, at least. It, I feel like it's got to be in this movie, like just because that's like the one thing people always talk about when it comes to Han Solo. Well, that means and his and his crowning achievements. But you know? that means he'll have the ship before the end of it. Possi- possibly there was one thing, one uh, nerdy cut that someone did bring up is he said the Millennium Falcon made the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. He never said he did it. So maybe he was happy to, to receive the Millennium Falcon because he knew it was that fast. So mm. the street cred could, could already come attached to the Falcon. We don't know yet. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll find out how he hey, met Chewie. Hey, Mike. <laughs> you're a nerd. What's up? Calm down. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, we are doing a, a superhero <laughs> no, <it's fine. laughs> podcast. But that, that's okay. Let's, let's, let's switch gears. Let's talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi, the next big Star Wars movie on our radar. And we've yeah. got a first look at a non-holographic Supreme Leader Snoke. Uh, Disney is, and Star Wars are taking these down left and right, but we were uh, was able to find a couple copies. It's, it's gross. <laughs> so we get to see a Snoke, and he appears to be humanoid. Um, and he's got a very long neck, slender shoulders, and he's apparently very, very, very old, several centuries old. And he's just like, uh, did you use the phrase emaciated, maybe? Or uh, somebody did. Um, and, I, I mean, this is what happens when you use when you smoke too much, people. That's what <laughs> yeah. Like. I, I don't even know where to begin. There, there's no clue what species he is. People can't figure out what race he is other than humanoid. Um, he doesn't look fully human simply because of his shoulders and, and such, but I, I don't know, Mike. I mean, what do you make out of it? Uh, it's just, it, it's very unsettling to see because we've only ever seen him in that hologram. I am still kind of crossing my fingers and hoping he's a giant just because I think that's really unique and kind of clever. Even though, like, you, we have this whole galaxy full of all these different types of aliens and stuff like that, I kind of like the idea that there's someone out there that could just be tall and that kind of what makes him menacing and, and creepy looking. Uh, obviously, he has been through some stuff. It looks like at some point in time he used to look somewhat normal. So I don't know if maybe... Uh, Maybe he used to be, like, just a frontline warrior for uh, maybe the Rebellion, maybe the Empire, and just things went bad, and now that's kind of changed the way he looks at the world and at Jedi in general. But, yeah, he he is a little messed up, so I hope there is some kind of, like, fantasy element to him. I kind of don't want him just to be, like, normal and human. Yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe they'll be, like, an, kind of an ancient race of humans that used to be really tall or something. I don't know. I just want him to be tall. (laughs) If I was to guess anything, I mean, just a theory that maybe he, since he is a Sith, he's been dealing with Sith, you know, knowledge and and holocrons and and information from the past and, like, trying to maybe make himself more powerful or live longer, he's somehow malformed himself pretty badly because he looks malformed. As as I sent the the picture from Deadpool, um, motherfucker, you are hard to look at. So... (laughs) Um, that's, uh, it's just, yeah, it's just weird and, and, and cool. And I'm glad they're not going with just a standard actor, um, under a robe to be the villain, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like he's got, you're going to remember this guy when he's on the screen. (laughs) That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, And also they're moving, using uh, prosthetics and slash CGI to make this work. So it's not just a full CGI guy like he was in, in the thing. So that's cool. Um, there's some other images from the last Jedi, um, the Praetorian Guards, which are, um, you know, uh, Snoke's guards, sh- I think are the biggest thing here. 
Um, we get to see them with different weapons, different like you know, they're actually not lightsabers; these are full-on bladed weapons. So. Yeah, it's it's kind of badass because I I believe I've talked on the show before about how one of my 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 most favorite Star Wars like toys or models that I've seen are kind of like the the crossover between like Stormtrooper and like Samurai, mm-hmm. and you kind of get that same feeling with these like official kind of Imperial Guards, if you will. Also, I'll say Imperial Guards just because they're red and shiny, but they kind of got those like slatted arm. Yeah, it's like like, a, like an ancient like, like culture that's kind of bled through, and mm-hmm. and that might be like lend credence to this you know Snoke coming from an ancient culture, um, in, in doing that. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, it's just really cool to look at, and you know, um, someone was trying to say that they might be the Knights of Ren, but with Kylo having a lightsaber and they had lightsabers in the flashback, I think they would have lightsabers as well. So I mm-hmm. don't think they're the Knights of Ren, but uh, definitely cool. And then there's a bunch of other characters you can look at: Kylo, Phasma, Finn, Luke, and and Ray uh, in these. So as you can tell, you know when they do the the product shots and the the the, the whole um, I guess um, promotional materials here, they don't really make it. It's not it's not a very clean set. Looks like on a lot of these. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely interesting to see some behind the scenes of that. I think friend of the show Quentin Parker would probably speak a lot a lot to that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think these are cool. I think they're cool to look at. So take, take a look at them in our show notes. Uh, the only trailer we got this week is from video game section. So we're going to have a couple video game sections here. The Lego Marvel Heroes 2 trailer has dropped and is introducing us to Kang the Conqueror as the villain. Kang. And he is voiced by Patrick Stewart. Uh, so he's gone from a shit job to a Marvel job. So. Um, but he's No also, longer the poop emoji. And, but he's no stranger to comic books and superheroes as he's Professor Xavier in you know, almost all, you know, all the movies he's in other than James McAvoy. But um, I think this trailer was fun. It showed a lot of characters across a lot of different um, Marvel like properties and timelines and universes. So uh, we got to see Miles Morales, Spider-Man 29, regular Spider-Man, uh, the Wasp working with Groot and Rocket, uh, stuff like that. So um, as you laughed at the name of the town that we're going to be in, Chronopolis is the hub city. <laughs> So uh, it, uh, it is kind of interesting. It brings up the point of who owns Kang the Conqueror. You know, obviously Lego doesn't have to worry about it because it's a video game property. Uh, but it does make you think, like, oh, if they're bringing this villain kind of to the to the forefront in a video game, it makes you think it could come to the big screen. You know, they are going to need a new baddie somewhere. So it looks like he was uh, first appearing in Fantastic Four 19, but technically he didn't appear as Kang until the Avengers number 8. So that kind of looks like one of those split-down-the-middle type of things. So it's going to be interesting to see if he shows up in the MCU or... Maybe in a rebooted Fantastic Four world, you know, maybe yeah. with a better Doctor Doom. <laughs> maybe I mean, I, if they you know focus on another Fantastic Four villain other than Doom, they could probably do some success. So, uh, <laughs> such as Kang. Kang was uh, also I think he was known as Iron Lad, and he's got a third. He's got a third version because he's he he met, he travels through time. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, Earth's Might, he had a whole season or not a whole season, but like maybe half a season of Earth's Might's Heroes, I believe. Um, they they took place in. If I remember mm-hmm. properly, so yeah, he was, he was, really he was big. Yeah, so so we got that going, and then there's a new mobile RPG for Marvel. They announced this week from uh, a company called Aftershock. Um, we don't know much on it. They just announced it this week, but Aftershock is actually owned by a company called Foxnet, who surprise is actually owned by 20th Century Fox. So um, Fox is playing nice with Marvel lately, uh, at least in some aspects. So. Um, I don't know. I don't know what this means or, or could lead to, but I'm, I'm definitely interested in playing a, a Marvel game, maybe an RPG for my phone or tablet. So cool, cool man. Yeah, that's I'm down with that. Uh, speaking of games, Halo, the games, one of my favorite game series. Series. They announced a series was in development uh, with uh, Steven Spielberg, and they confirmed this week that the series is still in development with Showtime uh, and Steven Spielberg. So. That'll be really interesting to see. Halo has a very well-documented history out here in Hollywood. I read a really amazing article about it once, and I probably talked about it on the show, but really in-depth of kind of how a Hollywood-courted kind of Bungie and Microsoft into, like, making this movie and the differences between a a tech company and Hollywood trying to make a movie together, and it Mm -hmm. was a mess. So I don't know if it's still going to be that way, but um, Halo kind of has shown 
that it can make series. I know they've done like live action miniseries and stuff. I think sometimes it's been released like on YouTube. Sometimes it was like maybe you had to pre-order the game or sometimes it was only on Xbox Live. I don't really know where the stuff ever lived officially, but I've seen some of it and it was pretty interesting, but it always takes place like within like the timeline of the game. It's always supplemental stories, so it's never really telling you the origin of anything and it's never really trying to simplify the story. So if Halo was turned into a series, I hope maybe they find a way to tell the story very cleanly because, I mean, sometimes I can just go into a Halo wiki for hours and I don't, I'm, I come out well, more I think, I think that's I part it. of it is, you know, <laughs> you know, if it's been working on for four years, it's obviously not something easily done or they're not going to just throw out a confusing mm. story for everybody. So, um, you know, Showtime, I don't know if the Showtime have any good shows right now that I can think of. Uh, they, I think that they could use a show like this. They need a big hitter. Their biggest hit for the for the longest time was Homeland and kind of Dexter. They kind of ran concurrently for a little while, but then Dexter died. You know, thanks to the showrunner who did uh, Iron Fist and uh, soon to be Inhumans. And uh, they also had Homeland, and I heard Homeland's just... I feel like that's probably running on Steam by now. That's an idea that was stretched way past its original book. So I would imagine Showtime would like a big series that they could kind of put up against HBO, since I think uh, on Amazon and on Hulu now, you have the options to kind of bolt on Showtime or HBO. And I feel like if someone has to choose one or the other, they're probably bolting on um, HBO and not Showtime. (coughs) Excuse me. Especially with Game of Thrones and... um, I'm gonna have to get a drink, Mike. But Game of Thrones, I am. Oh no, you're dying over there. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm oh, gonna vape well, over you. here thank for a you. second. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, vape as in. Oh talking, god, you had me worried uh, for a second. I'm gonna choke again. Vapor. Um, but uh, Game of Thrones, Westworld. <laughs> I mean, HBO. They they threw it onto my DirecTV now for free for a year. Um, so I, I definitely watch mm-hmm. a lot more on there. But I mean, um. I think I think Showtime would be good. Steven Spielberg has Ready Player One. I think he's probably got a lot of experience with CGI now, finally, and you know, t- a tech world. Um, so maybe maybe knock on wood, something good comes out of that. We'll we'll keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, and it, and of course, I it'll be interesting to see how involved Spielberg is. I have a feeling he's it's probably he's probably just going to pull like a J.J. Abrams, where he'll like maybe direct the first episode and he'll just be an executive producer for the rest of the series and not really have much else to do. But still, well, yeah, it's better than nothing. You know? uh, and that's going to tie us into our next topic. And you're like, how can Halo tie into the next topic? Uh, the voice actor of the Arbor, <laughs> David, has been cast as the villain in the new Warrior series coming up here. Uh, the villain is Ernest Vigman, right. a caustic municipal employee who butts up against the hopeful energy of the new warriors. This character is not from the comic books, at least not off from the name. So uh, definitely going to be interesting uh-huh. to see how that plays out and, and how he how he's in there. Uh, yeah, I, I was a little more excited, I think, than most to see this news, just because I've been rewatching uh, Dan Harmon's uh, Community uh, over the last couple weeks, and I'm, I'm finally on, like, the last season, which was on Yahoo screen, which doesn't exist anymore, but you can still go watch the season on Hulu, and he, he is added to the, as the cast, as a regular, and he makes a really funny joke in the series where he's like, I'm no one's fourth Ghostbuster, because he was a Ghostbuster, so. Wait, he was uh, a Ghostbuster? He's funny, How's he so Ghostbuster? hopefully he'll, be, uh, he, he was a Ghostbuster movies? at one point in time. Uh, I think maybe okay, it was. Okay, uh, I was going to say, like, I was like, something. He, maybe, maybe it's a play because he wasn't the, in the movie, so he, he does have a ghost busting okay. past. Uh, in, well, in I mean, some I, way. I, don't I, I mean, remember, I know he but, he does uh, so he, much voice work. Like he, he's been he's been in Justice League, and you know, uh, you know, you name it, he's been in it pretty much. You will know his voice when you hear it. Like it's it's really crazy. Oh yeah, it's it's it's, it's very soothing, soothing. soothing. <laughs> If you will, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's good. Yeah, I think so he's I'll, a I'll spectacular Spider-Man. Um, uh, a show we're actually going to talk about later, uh, Rick and Morty. He was in, so um, so we'll definitely talk about that here here in a little bit. Uh, but so that's that's cool for him. I'll, we'll we'll take it. Uh, the Runaways, another TV show. Yes, our New Warriors and the Runaways. Mike, do you know the difference between the two? If I said, hey, what are the New Warriors and who are the Runaways? I mean, do you know, uh, what? like, literally, if someone says, hey, are you watching The Runaways, or are you watching The New Warriors, could you tell them apart? Uh, yeah, I think okay, I could New Warriors is a Squirrel point. Girl <laughs> show. Uh, Runaways is the, um, like, the OC for, <laughs> for Freeform. Um, or, I guess, um, I guess Hulu. Hulu's uh, Runaways. So, apparently, according to Jeff Loeb, the head of the Marvel TV, uh, this is set, The Runaways is set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which we assume all their shows are. 
Um, but he specifically mentioned the mm-hmm. Netflix shows, so we I don't think we'll see any direct crossovers, but uh, at least maybe more references to the ground level heroes than the movies will make. So. Yeah, and also I believe uh, new, uh, new Warriors is probably going to have a, a much lighter tone than I think yeah, the Runaways. Exactly, is and they did say there's no direct connection that we can you know make right now. Like, oh, the Runaways is connected because of this. I think you know Nico Minoru, her mom was in Doctor Strange. I don't know if they'll 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 make note of that, but um, if they need to do it, they'll do it. But I think the, the important thing is to make a good show first before they try to connect it. So um, we got that going for the Runaways. Another possible TV show secretly in the works, Mike, might be the Miss Marvel TV show. Um, So we've been talking for the past couple years about a show uh, written by John Ridley, who's known for, I believe, 12 Years a Slave, and the TV show American Crime. Um, And apparently American Crime has been canceled uh, on, on TV shows, so once it ends... John Ridley is expected to announce that he's been working on this Miss Marvel and will be the showrunner of this show itself. So, um, now although oh. this is being set in production by ABC, they have been shopping it around to other distributors. So maybe it might get a home on Netflix or Hulu or you know any other possible channel that they could put it in. Uh, now I think I think the big question is which Miss Marvel are we getting here? Because uh, you know American Crime. Uh, you know, uh, we're getting kind of this darker sense from uh, John Ridley. I, it, it's hard for me to imagine. Uh, Kamal, was it, uh, Kamala Khan is actually is the one we're talking Kamal? about. Kamala um, Khan. S- simply because I think it's, oh, wow. you're, you're focused on the dark side, but a lot of 12 Years a Slave and American Crime have to deal with racial relations in America. And, and Kamala Khan is very much. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, I could see that I think connection. She's a, yeah. um, a Muslim American uh, li- li- living in the Detroit area. And, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, I think that's where they're going to focus on probably on this one. Yeah, I guess throwing a blonde into a leotard with a big boobs and a lightning bolt on it doesn't exactly jive with that either. So I guess uh, the the newer version. Yeah, of this and, and she's very popular best. right now in the books and, and so on and so forth. <laughs> yes, uh, but apparently very you know, we've heard about this for several years, but there have been rewrites and delays due to the Captain Marvel film. Um, not really knowing what direction it was going to go in, um, because Miss Marvel is inspired mm-hmm. by Captain Marvel, and that's where she kind of takes her name from. Um, so now mm-hmm. we know Captain Marvel set in the '90s, and you know this can be finally set in stone where this is going to be. I believe we're going to get a lot more uh, information out of this production sooner than later. Yeah, and I'm curious where this lives. You know, there's so, there's so many weird weird angles you can look at it because uh, uh, Miss Marvel kind of has a, a unique kind of almost. Uh, fantastical power where you know she stretches and changes shape I would think something like that would need a bigger budget so then you start to think you know maybe more prestigious like Netflix HBO maybe possibly Hulu it's hard to imagine this on ABC Freeform you know so uh, kind of yeah, wondering how they the pull that off around a little bit like hey look we're, we're, we're fronting a lot of the upfront cash who wants to help us you know make this show a reality and, and, and get a hit out of it so uh, I don't know where I'd live if I, uh-huh. if I had to pick somewhere I will. I might put it in New Warriors territory. So maybe um, I forget where New Warriors is going to live. I think that's Freeform. That's yeah, but that's uh, also yeah, that's where Freeform. Cloak and Dagger live. I guess it's kind of like the teen area, the teen area, and she's a teen character. So I could definitely see it on Freeform more than anything. But as you said, you know, it might need more than a Freeform budget to to make a lot of that work. Plus, she's an Inhuman, uh, so you know they'll have to have a Shield connection in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, Chris, this is so confusing. There's so much I know, going right? That's that why I said TV movies world. are easy now. TV shows, I don't even know what's happening. Uh, speaking of TV <laughs> shows we don't know what's happening with is Watchmen, the HBO TV series they're working on. Uh, apparently, the HBO series will not be a literal translation of the series. I believe there are 12, maybe 13 books of Watchmen. And they were like, we're going to take each episode. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, oh, they're going to make one episode per book. And it'll be, that's it. Well, I don't think that's how it's going to work. I think they're going to add extra stuff and maybe, you know, at least get two seasons. Everyone wants two seasons of something. Yeah, usually HBO, if they only want to do, like, one run, they're kind of specifically say, oh, this is a miniseries or something like that. But, yeah, if you got something like Watchmen, I think you kind of, you know, not necessarily stretch it out, but, you know, give yourself a yeah, little I bit more time. Yeah, I think they can also update it a little bit. And each book is can be longer than an hour for sure. So they could double down and get, you know, like, two seasons of, like, double-dipping episodes there. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. I mean, obviously the movie doesn't give you the original comic book ending, but I mean, you know, it was when Zack Snyder used to be pretty decent at making superhero movies. So that's kind of one uh, Zack Snyder thing that I, I do like from the past. So uh, you got you always got that movie, so, you know, if you want to draw from. So it's okay yeah. if the series is different. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I, I, I'm not too precious on Watchmen. Uh, we have a movie version that, that mm-hmm. stands up fairly well by itself. And if they want to do a TV route, much like Fargo... Um, Westworld, other shows that are you know evolving a little bit, uh, going beyond their original mediums, I think is going to be great, and and we're gonna we're gonna see good stuff from that. Uh-huh. And lastly, TV shows. Keith David was on Rick and Morty, like I said earlier. He was the president in the Get Swifty episode. Uh-huh. Got to get Swifty. Season three <laughs> starts Swifty. tonight. Technically, we had an April Fool's you know episode one, but the series is back on premiering tonight. Um, Rick and Morty. I'm a big fan, Mike. I, I believe you're a big fan as well. Oh, yeah. I, like, I, I think this will break the internet more than Game of Thrones will tonight. <laughs> uh, if I had to choose an ep- a show that people, more people will watch, I think more people are down with Rick and Morty. Uh, yeah, I got a, I got a busy night tonight for sure. It's going to be Game of Thrones and Rick and Morty. I'm actually really excited because I, I had enough self-control to avoid the Rick and Morty Rick and Morty Season 3 trailer. So the only thing I know about Rick and Morty so far is the premiere that happened back in April. And then also, I know I am familiar with this whole Pickle Rick situation because they officially released some of the storyboards for that like last year and everyone was like oh it was is is he a pickle is he a cucumber like what is rick running around as and someone's like oh he's a pickle so uh i'm kind of familiar with with what's going on there but i guess that probably popped well, up in the trailer so well, i'm excited to it, dive in fresh i haven't watched I the new trailers i saw the one that premiered with the um, april fools one so that's where i'm i'm quoting it from so uh, okay. i'm behind a little bit on the trailer as well i have no context for any of this so um, definitely looking forward to that tonight and, and see what we can get out of it. Um, yeah, go Ben, go Ben Trick and Morty. There's a good chance that you could go watch those because the first, each season's like I think what, they're 13 10. episodes. So, oh yeah, you might be right. So it's either 10 or 13. So what you got roughly maybe like 20 episodes, it's split 20, that, 20 you, know, minutes. you know, less, less, less than half because there, so you're looking at like what, eight hours. Look, yeah, you can go watch this on yeah. eight hours. You got time, don't, people. Don't do that tonight, though. Like, like, take your time, absorb it <laughs> in. Uh, and and, and as, as, as cliche as it sounds, um, it will get to you. It won't grow on you, but you'll get it. Not after the first episode, but after like two or three, like you'll get it. Um, my my favorite is still um, uh, a total Rickall from season two. So, so, oh, so yeah, that's a there. good one. So if you're a like big Rick and Morty one. fan, you already know. But if not, you know. Uh, go catch up on it and watch it, and, and you've got a recommendation from us to watch something. So there you go. That's our that's our news for the week, Mike. We we made it. Um, I'm gonna take a look here uh, about what's see if we missed any news. Did we miss anything? Has anything happened since we did this? Because you <laughs> yeah, you were just like, oh my god, the week after Comic Con, are we gonna have anything to talk about this week? We found a way. Hopefully, we are entertaining in in a, some way to you people out there. Um, Hopefully we'll get some trailers dropping soon. Maybe we'll get that. Maybe we'll get a new Black Panther trailer sooner than later, so we can talk about that. Maybe we'll get some footage, mm-hmm. get some screenshots. Something's got to be filming out there. Someone's got a camera somewhere with some good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, on I, I definitely gotta give it. a shout out to the people who did reach out to me and ask for the footage. Um, uh, a lot of people at the comic store didn't have it, so I was able to share the footage with them there. Um, a listen. Oh, you got so much. You got so I much did, nerd street I, cred. I've got, I've got good quality <laughs> copies. I can't send it via Twitter. I lied. Uh, they ha- they make you can only send a certain length of a <laughs> video via Twitter messages. So I couldn't do that. But I do have uh-huh. a, have, a, have a ways to to send it. So um, if you still want to reach out to me via Twitter, that's cool. Uh, big shout out to listener Kristen for reaching out to me on Twitter and like I want to asking to watch the footage. I'm like, great, here it is. So uh, I'm glad everyone gets to see and get hyped because it is the hype, most hype footage we've seen in a while. So, in the meantime, <laughs> yeah, Mike, man. people want to see what you're up to, and maybe maybe your Infinity War footage. You don't have any, but whatever. If people want to know what you're up to, we're going to find <laughs> Yeah, I don't have any leaks for you people out there, but uh, you can always follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you and want to harass you no. for footage, uh, you can catch you? up. You can also muster me on Twitter at Valdan V A L D A N. I got to laugh out of Mike. Oh man, that was a slow uh, one, but, but <laughs> it came around. Um, 
Well, at first I was just like, how do you mustard somebody? And then I was like, oh, because yeah. he said ketchup. It's all right. So you can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. You can uh, check me out on Comic UI, listen to my other show, Filmside Chats, and find my videos on the Destination Nation DNN on YouTube and their Facebook page. A um, little bit everywhere. So, um, but that you know, this may be someone's first episode, and they're coming in on probably um, not our strongest episode, definitely on Newswise, Mike. But if people want to hear more about what we do and, and stuff, we shows we've done, where can they find us at? Well, if you want to catch more of our ranting and ravings, uh, you can always find us at SuperheroSlate.com. That is where you're going to find every place we host this show and also to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to check out that Lego trailer, if you want to see that weird image of Snoke, if you're not watching us on YouTube, uh, you can get that at SuperheroSlate.com. And you can find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Tumblr. You can subscribe and get us right in your email inbox every week. And you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to pick up a Superhero Slate shirt, you can head to Superhero HeroSlate.com slash store, and you can get some cool shirts and mugs and mouse pads if people still use mouse one. pads anymore. I don't know. I think I think, uh, I think computer mouses are like so advanced now. I don't even know if you need mouse, pass, mouse pads anymore. I don't know. Uh, but that's where you can get that. If you want to leave us a review wherever you're listening to the show, that's super helpful. We really, really like that. So we'd love some more of that stuff. That's good. And if uh, you want to be a super fan with the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week whether it's a light news week or not That's we'll right. fill that we've hour got, somehow we've got banter <laughs> that we can do and bad jokes we can definitely tell so i'll just i'll just have to keep going to country I mean, music concerts if I guess. you're willing to do that for the show mike we might need to start a different show <laughs> so uh but yeah I'm, I'm thanks for listening this week guys on a light week and hopefully we can come back next week a, a little stronger and you know start uh i guess august off on a good note so no. I won't leave. I won't yield. This was okay. Well, there we go. You heard it right here. Strongest episode today. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll catch you guys next week then. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Gotta get that bush. I no 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 not even. <laughs> <laughs>